Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. And it's a very warm welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Corey. And I'm Cathy Weston. So you're very welcome this evening. We have an action-packed and a very exciting show. We've got some famous people, quite a few famous people, actually. Celebrity we? authors, That's children, it. budding writers. That's it. And some frustrated parents trying to figure <laughs> out how they can get their kids to do some yeah. writing as well. So... Um, we, you know, every every parent wants to find an author that their children the love. The Parent Show is sponsored by Neves. And it is. It, it is sponsored is. by Neves yes. solicitors. That's quite correct. So we've got some gremlins in the system tonight. Um, so, and when you're looking for that, that book, you know, when you find the author, you really try and stick with the author, don't you, Cathy? Absolutely. When children love a book, they just want all the books. They want everything to do with that author. And it's so exciting as parents to get a book that children are hooked on. And certainly the book we're going to be talking about this evening is one that the children in front of me all love. And it's written by Helena Duggan. And it's called Children, would you all like to shout out what the book is called? Place Called Perfect. Thank you, Archie. It's a place called Perfect. And she's also written The Trouble and, it, and, and in fact, this author, guys, just for you, is going to be speaking to us the whole way from Ireland, which is a very long way away. So would you guys like to introduce yourselves as our panel this evening? Saoirse. Saoirse, yes. Mika. Mika. Noor. Noor. Welcome, Noor. Callum. Callum. Archie. And Archie. So you're all very, very welcome in the studio. And of course, you know, um, A Place Called Perfect has actually got uh, the Guardian Crime Fest winner and it was shortlisted wow. for the Waterstone Children's Prize and the WH Smith Tom Fletcher book. That's fantastic. So we'll be talking to Helena Duggan in just a few minutes. But bef- uh, before we do, just let you know what's coming up later in the show. Um, In the second half of the show, we're going to talk to Miss Sims, who is the head of English at Lockers Park Independent School in Hemel Hempstead. And we're really looking forward to hearing about how creative writing is taught in schools. And more importantly, what can we as parents do to support our children a little bit better? That's right. And finally, towards the very end of the show, we'll be joined by Victoria Adamosu, who's the founder of thetutorist.com. And that's a a growing education service which provides intensive courses uh, and workshops and tips for children to pass the 11 plus school entrance exams. And we'll be speaking to her specifically about her creative writing courses for children. Fantastic. So loads to listen into. Of course, we're on Facebook. If you want to send us through a question or on Twitter, um, we'll put your questions to to any of our guests. But there are loads of burning questions waiting for Helena. So we're going to take a mini break, get her on the phone and join you in just just a second. Station for St Albans. 92.6 FM. Radio Verulam. Family life has its ups and downs, and at Neves Solicitors, we're here to help with all your legal matters. Whatever your circumstances, we know how to handle even the most delicate situations. Our experienced family law specialists offer friendly, sympathetic advice on everything from trust funds to property, from partnership breakdown to wills and probate. To arrange a free consultation, visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Welcome back to The Parent Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. And tonight is about a favourite book from uh, a bunch of kids who are sitting in front of me. Can you just tell us again who you are? We're going to start over here. Tell us your name and how old you are. Saoirse, and I'm eight years old. Mika, and I'm 12 years old. Noor, and I'm nine years old. Callum, and I'm nine years old. Archie, and I'm ten years old. That's great. That's fantastic. Guys, so we have from 8 to 11 years uh, in front of us now, Mika, Noor, Saoirse, Archie and Callum. So you have all got your questions ready for Helena Duggan. Is that right, Saoirse? Yes. Yes. Great. Brilliant. And uh, so should we get her on the phone? Are you ready to ask her? Yeah. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Saoirse, it looks like as the old, as the youngest, you get to go first and ask the first question. Okay, so Helena, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you, Lydia? Great, and thanks a million for joining us on the Parents Show this evening. So you're you're joining yeah. us all the way from Kilkenny in Ireland, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm in Kilkenny in Ireland, just sitting in my bedroom at the minute, trying to get a quiet spot in the house to talk to you. <laughs> Fantastic. And and we know that um, it was a bit hit and miss whether you'd be able to join us this evening because you're quite close to giving birth, isn't that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing my second baby in a... Uh, about a week and a half. <laughs> Fantastic. So we got you just in time. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed now. <laughs> now that we've had you on the parents' show, you're free to have your baby any time. I'm free now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding on. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so we've got five young ones in the odd in the studio here who've got some questions for you. So I'm going to start with Saoirse. Saoirse, what's your first question for Helena? Why did you choose the eyes as body parts rather than any other part? Seriously, that's a really good question. Um, why did I choose the eyes? Well, it really came from... Um, so I was travelling around um, Australia and I found a pair of um, antique glasses. Um, I got them in an antique shop where you get really, really old things. And the glasses sparked off the whole thing. So... Um, the, they were my inspiration, and as I was writing, then I thought, well, maybe, maybe um, the like opticians came about, and then eyes and all of that. So that's kind of how, where where the eyes came from was from was from the original glasses that I found. Are the are the characters based on anyone you know? <gasps> oh, but can I say that on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'll have to say no, would I? Only the nice <laughs> ones. Just tell us who the nice ones are based <laughs> only, on. Only only the nice ones. <laughs> yeah, I didn't face Edward or George on anyone. <laughs> um well there's bits and pieces of um people I know probably in, in a good few of the characters. Um the teacher, Mrs. Moody, is based on a teacher that I knew. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, and people say that violence is, is kind of similar to me, so I suppose she has bits of me in her, so yeah, so she's probably based a little bit on myself. Um, but yeah, not not any of the main ones really, like not Boy or um, or any of those, they're not really based on anyone I know. But I'm sure I take bits and pieces off people. What made you think of tea, not juice or anything like that? <sighs> These are difficult questions. <laughs> Um, what made me think of tea? Well, do you like tea, Saoirse? No. <laughs> no! I thought everybody over in England liked tea. <laughs> well, here tea is, is drank as a, as a comfort kind of a drink. And I was trying to think, of, a lot of people drink tea and they like it. So I was trying to think of something that um, is not really that suspicious, because it's normally in most people's households. Um, but that there could be something um, a little bit wrong with it. So I, I wanted something that wasn't suspicious, that could fit into a house without being um, noticeable, but that it, it, it could control people or do things to people. Excellent. Great. Saoirse, your next question. Were the eyes watching her when she saw Boy? Why are the eyes watching her when she saw Boy? Who's... who? But, when, when when Macula saw Boy? When she saw him for the first time. Is this when she saw him for the first time? Not for the, the first state. time, but when they were in the ghost estate. Yeah, well, do you know what? I actually didn't think about that. So the eyes probably were watching them, I imagine, because she met him for the first time in the ghost estate and the eyes were there in the middle of the green. So I'm sure they were looking on. Will I ask them? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, I'll go, I'll go ask them. <laughs> I won't have the answer for you now, but I'll get it later. Great. Sears, do you have another question, or do you want... Have you got one more, or do you want to give Mika a go? I've got no more. Okay, great. Mika, Thank do you, you want Saoirse. to... Phew. What was your main inspiration for your books? Uh, well, Mika, is it? Yeah. That's a lovely name. Um, the main inspiration for the book, well, it came from a pair of glasses that I mentioned earlier that, that I found when I was backpacking around Australia. And um, 
when I when I bought them, I was they're round, they're little round framed glasses. And um, when I bought them, I was going to change the lenses in them so that I could see through them. But as I carried them with me, I began to think about the last person who wore them. And I got them in an antique shop, so I imagined that maybe the last person who wore them was probably dead. So I began to think about what if everything that they saw and they did, what if that all was locked inside those lenses? And if I got rid of their lenses, I'd be getting rid of them. And so I didn't change them, and then the story started to come to me. So do you think your glasses can steal your imagination? Would you like your books to be made into movies? And if so, what actors and actresses do you think you would like to act for the characters? That's a very cool question, Mika. I like mm. that. <laughs> well, I would love my books to be made into movies, <laughs> but I have to find somebody to do it. Do you know anybody that can do it for me, Mika? You could ask Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Will you go out and sell it for me? Sell it to Hollywood and, and, and I'll give you a call. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd love them to be made into movies, but it's a long process, so it's not really up to me. I have a person called an agent who sells your book, um, and my agent's name is Joe, and so hopefully someday she'll find a buyer for it to make it into a movie. Um, but actors and actresses, oh, I don't know, do you have any ideas who you'd like? Uh, well, it's your book. Say that again? It's your book. Have you got any actresses oh, that, or actors book. that you really like? <laughs> I, th I think who would be good as boy? Who do you think would be good to play boy? Anybody got any ideas? Jack Black. Jack Black to play boy. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, maybe maybe somebody a bit younger. What do you think? I don't know many actors. <laughs> It'd have to be around 12, wouldn't it? Yeah. But you know, there's, there's, um, do you know the Artemis Fowl book? Sorry? My own cosplay. Does anybody know the Artemis Fowl books there? No. Oh, well, they're by an Irish author called Own Cosplay, and they're making a movie out of those. And where I'm from, in Kilkenny, there's a young actor called Ferdia Shaw who's playing the main part, and it'll be out this August. So maybe if they make a movie out of it soon, he could play boy. That sounds he like looks a, a bit like him. <laughs> Brilliant. Great. Um, Noor, would you like to ask a question? Um, okay. Who was the most character who was the most fun character to make up? Oh, do you know what? I don't know if it's the right thing to say or not, but sometimes the the bold and nasty kind of characters are the are the, the most fun because you can do things with them that you wouldn't do with a normal or a good character. So you can make them act in ways that you probably wouldn't act yourself. Well, we hope we hope I wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Edward and George were good fun. Um, and in the second book, there's a character called Nurse Powick, and she has a big part in the series. And she's she's really good fun to write because she's very very uh, nasty. She's um, she's a bit of a of a crazy character, so, so I can do a lot of things with her. Fantastic. Now, I have to warn you, half of the crew haven't read the second book, so no spoilers, anybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. Noor, another question. Um, which character are you most relatable to? <gasps> Will I say Nurse Powick? <laughs> <laughs> as long as she's um, a goodie. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> um, I, I reckon probably Violet. Um, and I never thought that myself, but when people read it, they say back to me that um, I'm similar to Violet. So, yeah, probably her. And I needed somebody to tell the story. So when I was writing Violet, I didn't think hugely about her character. Um, I thought about all the other ones. So that probably shows that she's close to me, really. So, Noor, who's your favourite character in the book? Um, boy. Ah, interesting. Yeah. And Mika, who's yeah. your favourite? I like Violet. Violet, yeah. I think Violet would be my favourite as well. Okay. It's funny because Boy is definitely mine as well. Oh, there you go, Noor. That's interesting. Okay, Mika, back for another one of your questions, please. What were your favourite books as a child? My favourite books? Well, do you know Roald Dahl? Yeah. Yeah, well, I loved all of his books. So, 
fantastic Mr. Fox and James and Jane Peach and Matilda and all of them. I, I absolutely loved his books. You're getting and smiles then, and nods in the studio yeah. here, Helena. <laughs> He's brilliant, isn't he? But there was another writer who mainly wrote for um, for older people, but his name was Tay Pratchett, and he did write three children's books. Now, maybe he's written more, but when I was young, I read Truckers, Diggers and Wings, they're called, and they were absolutely brilliant books. So if you can get your hands on those at some point, I recommend reading them too. So Terry Pratchett, Roald Dahl. Now. Yeah. Great. And of course, I love the Harry Potters. Yeah. Oh. They came around when I was a bit older, but I love them. Fantastic. Okay, girls, one last question between the two of you and then we move on to the boys. Can you see a third book coming? My third one, yeah. Well, I'm in the middle of writing my third one at the minute. So I'm on I'm on the second draft of it and I'm near the end of the second draft. But there's... When you write a book, you do a number of drafts, so there'll probably be four or five drafts. So I suppose I'm probably halfway through through the third one, but the story is all there now. Fingers crossed. Oh. I just have to I just have to tighten it up and hone it a bit. But I had the story from the very start anyway, so that was the the easier bit. But um, yeah, so it's it's on the way. Fingers crossed. Fantastic. So Helena, what does that mean in terms of process? Do you think out for Christmas maybe? Well, they, Osborne, who the publishes, um, originally said September, but with the second baby on the way, I'm not sure. <laughs> so that, we'll see. That fingers might, crossed for Christmas. <laughs> fingers crossed for Christmas. Great. Okay, we'll move on to Callum and Archie now. Boys, what are you, um, Callum, give us your first question. Um, can you explain why boys is called boy? <sighs> well, boy is called boy because... When I was writing the story, um, I originally didn't um, didn't have Boy in my head as, a, as one of the characters, and he just turned up in the story the same way as he did in the book, just in Violet's room. So at that time, I didn't have a name for him, and then I began to think about the fact that he was an orphan, and that he didn't know who his parents were, and as far as he knew, he didn't have any. Um, and then the nurses in the orphanage didn't really care about the children in the orphanage. So I imagined that when he was left at the door, if there wasn't a name left with him, that they wouldn't bother to name him. So I said, they'd just call him boy, because that would be kind of cruel as the nurses. So, yeah, so that's how I, boy stuck then, and it felt right. Do you think it's a good name for him? Mm, yes. <laughs> it kind of suits him now, I think. Yeah, Callum's nodding. Great, Callum, your yeah. next question. Um, what was the father like to make the archers so mean? What was it like to make the archers mean? What was the father like? So why oh, why the were the archers so mean? Was it was it their father that influenced them or? Oh, that's that's a really good question. <laughs> that's a really insightful question. It I is, don't know isn't if I it? Can answer it. Yeah, a bit <laughs> of psychotherapy. If an- <laughs> well, if I answer it, it might give away um, some more of the storyline. Ah, okay. <laughs> so he is mentioned in book two, isn't he? Ah. Um, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't a nice character. Well, I'll just say that much. He he was wasn't nice, but he um, he does become quite a big character in the whole thing. Right. So you have to wait for book two, Callum. Okay. Have you? Uh, is that all your questions, Callum? Excellent. Yes. So Archie, tell us what your questions are. Um. What made you want to write perfect? What made me want to write it? Um, that's a good question. Um, well, it was, again, it came to me um, because of the glasses that I found in, in the antique shop. Um, and it just... I was writing another story at the same time, which um, was actually called A Load of Rubbish, <laughs> and that's the real title. Um, and... As I was writing that and I carried the glasses around, the story just started to come to me. Um, so then when I had finished the other story, um, it was fully formed, really. So I just sat down and started to write with it. I never really thought too much about it, but it just kind of filtered away in the background um, until it was ready. Huh. Um, what, what made you... What, uh, 
what made you want to make the tea evil instead of like anything else? I think we've kind of had that question already, wasn't it? Tea versus juice. So maybe yeah, yeah. hop on because we're running out of time. So What's your next? I wrote it before, so sure. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, you can are share you, it. Are you satisfied with how perfect turned out and all? Um, like. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I am actually. I, I think I, I was very was perfect. Took a long time to be published actually because I self-published it first, and then I found a publisher. So. In between self-publishing it and finding a publisher with Osborne, there was an awful lot of work involved and a lot of edits. So by the time it came out, yeah, I thought I'd done the best that I could do with it. <laughs> do you think it's okay? Yeah, definitely. More than okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, also, my mum told me you live in Kilkenny. Um, yeah. I've been there and it's um, a really nice medieval city. Is um is perfect based on it, and also oh, actually, I'll save that next. Well, that's a good question. What did you think of Kilkenny when you were here? Um, I don't remember it. Well, it is a lovely medieval town, and the, if you look at the map in the front of the book, and if you ever come back to Kilkenny and you get lost, oh wait, I'm that map. I huh? I um I vaguely remember. Oh no. Oh, oh, I remember the Tesco's yeah. in Kilkenny, that's it. Oh, Tesco? We, they must have been there when I wasn't here. <laughs> They'd moved on, I think. But uh, but we... Um, we the, the, the map at the front of the book, Imperfect, is the map of Kilkenny, except that I've changed all the, all the street names. Oh! So the, yeah, so the town hall is a big part of Kilkenny, and... Um, the back way into No Man's Land. No Man's Land in Kilkenny is actually called Kieran Street. Um, and Edward Street is called High Street. And Splendid Road is called Parliament Street. So, yes, yeah, so Kilkenny is, is, is a huge part of the inspiration for Perfect. And oh. because it's a medieval town as well, there's, there's said to be lots and lots of tunnels under Kilkenny. So I use those as inspiration as well. Um, I was going to ask what's No Man's Land based on, but you've sort of answered it already. So, um, yeah, that's all my questions. Great. Thank you, they were brilliant. Thank you so much, Helena. You've answered all the questions. And now everybody's going to have to go to Kilkenny and see what it is yeah. in real life that you're talking about. <laughs> so thanks a million. Best of luck with the baby number two. And um, oh, maybe we can thanks, get you back when the third book is published. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. And thanks for all those brilliant questions. They were great. What does everybody have to say to Helena? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Bye. Best of luck. Bye-bye. Bye. So there we go. Did everybody get their questions answered? Everybody happy with the responses? Definitely, yeah. 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 Great stuff. Yeah. Okay, guys. So thanks a million for joining us. Archie, Callum, Noor, Mika and Saoirse. And um, when book three comes out, will you come back and talk to us about it? Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Great stuff. Thanks a million. Mini break on The Parents Show. And we're going to come back in just a second with Miss Sims from Lockers Park School. Family life has its ups and downs, and at Neve's Solicitors, we're here to help with all your legal matters. Whatever your circumstances, we know how to handle even the most delicate situations. Our experienced family law specialists offer friendly, sympathetic advice on everything from trust funds to property, from partnership breakdown to wills and probate. To arrange a free consultation, visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution. The radio station for Frogmore, Colney Heath and St Albans. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. Online at radioverulam.com and on 92.6 FM. We are the radio station for St Albans. Radio Verulam. Radio Verulam. 
Welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM and thanks again to author Helena Duggan uh, for answering all those tricky questions, weren't they, Cathy? Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't have liked to have been in the author hot seat tonight with all those extremely insightful questions, I have to say. Detailed, the poor woman. The poor woman. (laughs) And you said she's about to give birth. So, yeah, thank you so much to Helena. Now, we've we've, we've obviously got so many children in St Albans who love to read. Yes. But, you know... In order to write, what can we as parents do to fire their imaginations? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, the key question is all about firing their imaginations. And I thought to myself, Lydia, we know a school locally where they love to fire children's imaginations. Absolutely. And that's why we got the head of English and asked her to come on and tell us all the secrets, basically, so we can all learn the secret of Lockers Lockers Park School. So Miss Sims is joining us live on the phone now. Hello, Miss Sims. Hello. Hello. It's lovely to have you on the parents' show this evening, and you are the head of English at Lockers Park School in Hemel Hempstead. I am indeed. Now, before we launch into all our questions, Miss Sims, I just want to say to you that we read about lockers in the Tatler's Guide to Leading (laughs) Prep Schools, and we're very intrigued because it talks about, in addition to their academic excellence, the the fact that you guys play something called the Dark Tower Game, which did sound very intriguing and certainly would, would ignite the imaginations of little boys, I'm sure. So what is it? it? Probably, it is our highlight of the year, I have to say. It is a fantastic evening where um, the boys are involved in a very mysterious and creepy game where we, they come into school, into school and um, they are involved in a treasure hunt where they have to come and collect treasure um, but avoid all the witches and ghillies and ghosties, which are actually the teachers and the staff. And we have a we have a fantastic evening of creeping up to the main building, trying to get treasure, take it back to their base, and avoid being caught by any of the staff. And it is lots of fun. It is probably our highlight of the year. Well, certainly, we it looked amazing on the Facebook page <laughs> for Lockers Park School. The spooky it was image. Fantastic. What it a was, was fabulous fantastic. idea. It lots of fun. It is lots and lots of fun. Yeah. So, so, Mrs. Sims, tell us, how do, how do you inspire the children that you work with, you know, to, to write creatively? We know that there must be great readers at Lockers Park, but what about the writing? Where do you begin with that? But I think, I think it does. It does stem from the reading. You know, that as much as they can read is as much as they can write, and the reading inspires the writing. Um, but I think it's, it's also a... Um, very much a, a sort of multimedia approach to it and and for me myself I, I tend to use a lot of films um little short clips um drama um retelling of familiar stories and then retelling them in a different way um and encouraging children really to take on characters and take on people and to to be able to tell their own stories because i think it's um, it's always very daunting to be presented with a blank page of a blank page Absolutely. and to write a story and just told to get on with it. So I think there's, you know, there has to be a certain amount of scaffolding that that comes before that. Um, and I think that if you can engage the children in what they're going to write and encourage them to be excited and fueled by what they're going to write, then you're going to obviously get better results. Do you know what you've just it's such a lovely idea that you've mentioned to sort of involve drama and sort of getting into the mind of characters and maybe acting things out because a lot of parents may not sort of even think to link those two things and actually everybody knows children love to inhabit characters and think about you know acting something out in that way. Definitely, definitely. And also the use of familiar stories, you know, to, to take um, traditional stories like Little Red Riding Hood and um, Goldilocks and the Three Bears and encourage children to put themselves into the shoes of different characters and maybe start to retell those stories um, and think of it from a, a different point of view, think of it from a different character um, and immediately kind of ignite their interest in, in what they're going to write. 
And is it? Do you find children on the whole? You know, you've got a very, you've had a very, you know, a long career, twenty-four years as a teacher. You know, yeah. in your experience, do children enjoy creative writing, or is it a bit of a slog? Do you find it quite difficult to teach, or on the whole, children enthused? Um, as I said before, I mean, I think it's it's very much if they're if it's presented in a way that's very dry, and they are given a blank piece of paper and expected to write a story. You know, the old. Story, you know the old from when we were at school. Right, that's right. That's right. That's story right. <laughs> about um, that's almost impossible, and I wouldn't even be able to do that as an adult. Yeah, as a child yeah. who's you know just come from a math lesson, who's just about to go to a games lesson, who's about to you know it's a, it's a really hard thing for them to begin to do. So I think that there are a lot of steps that you have to take before they begin to write, in order for them to be at that stage where they. You know, their pen is itching to to go, and I think that that you know that can be quite a long process of you know talking and drama and retelling stories and um, watching little films about you know something that's mm-hmm. that's related to the task before they get going, and it's almost those sort of small steps of let's have a go at writing the opening of a story, let's listen to all our opening paragraphs. Um, sharing sharing ideas, magpieing ideas before they get going and it is it's that sort of building up that just I want to get going, I want to get going and then they can start writing. I absolutely love the way you're saying itching to get writing because absolutely I, I have to say that was anything other than the experience I had going to school. <laughs> it was exactly as you did, like blank piece of paper, That's right. but no prep, right? No a mystery, drama. yeah. And and coming at it from all the different avenues that you do is really like I, I'd say I could have written a decent story at school with that kind of preparation instead no, of like you said a blank piece of paper. That's so daunting, you know. Yeah. If you have no preparation totally. at all. And I certainly couldn't do it now as an adult. You know, if somebody turned around to me and said, I'd like you to write a story about, you know, the most amazing holiday you've ever been on. And I'd really struggle. And I think that what I would produce would be very dry and bland and not very interesting to hear either. So um, it is, it's those small steps that lead up to it, I think, before before the children actually get going. And seeing a big piece of writing as something that's mm. exciting for them to do and something that they really want to do. Now, Miss Sims, that obviously happens in, in the course of a classroom, in classroom practice. What about mm-hmm. we poor parents who are desperate to try and encourage our children to, you know, <laughs> yeah. what, what can we do at home to support you in your efforts to make our children superstar writers? Do you know, I, I, I can't underplay the importance of reading, and it is all about books and listening to those wonderful children that have just um, been asking those questions to the author. It is all about reading, and it's about reading different books and different genres of books and having so much of that sort of story language around them that is really important, even if it's story CDs, listening to tapes in the car, it's just having that sort of story vocabulary around them all the time. Um, and, and that's the biggest gift that any parent can give to their children is books and reading and words. I think one of the things we definitely struggle with, um, Lydia, would you agree with this, is the, is the grammar. I mean, I think a lot of us, we, I even did A-level English, but I never studied grammar. And I think, yeah. it, you know, these days our children perhaps do their sats and things like that. And they're more mm-hmm. used to grammatical names and labels than we would ever be. Well, and we're sort of reticent to teach them because we're not sure if we're teaching them the right thing. So... There just wasn't the same emphasis on grammar. I mean, now I think it's been pulled back. Things that are being taught to children that were taught to children for GCSE are now like SATs level. Is is that the case? No, I think you're right. And I think that we we came from that generation of um, of pupils at school who were not taught grammar at all. I don't remember having any sort of grammar lessons. But do you remember learning how to write? and I think, you know, it, it's become very formalized. And when you pick it all apart, and when I'm planning lessons and trying to sort of deliver a program of, of grammar, and I look at it and I think, well, actually, do you know what? This is really straightforward stuff. You don't have to have the big words. You don't have to know that 
a frontal adverbial is <laughs> going to make your sentence more exciting. But you know that there are lots of different ways to start a new sentence. So when you're reading and when children are reading books, that's, you know, picking out the different ways that different authors start sentences. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. A, really, a really interesting thing to look at you don't need to know what the grammatical terminology is for that and i think that you know all of them know how to write an interesting sentence but i think it's really important still that they understand that there are different sentence types and there are different you know if you're writing a, um a, a story full of suspense and a speaky story that you're using really short sharp sentences that keep the reader hooked in um, and if you're describing a you know a beautiful setting that there are lots of different ways of doing that and I think it's just being aware that there are different sentences and different ways that writers use language in order to keep us interested. And that, that makes so much sense and actually a practical application always works better doesn't it? And yes. uh, do you think like uh, spelling, punctuation, and grammar. Spag. They call it spag. Don't they? <laughs> is that what that means? <laughs> I think. Spa- oh. Is it just yeah. like the times tables? Do kids just have to knuckle down, learn it off by heart, by rote, get it over and done with, and then get on to the fun of of using the language? Do you know what? Yes, and I think I think that it can be really quick. It doesn't need to be dull. It doesn't need to be dry. It can be something that you can do really quickly, short, sharp. Um, there's loads of stuff on the internet that they can use to practice that kind of stuff. Um, there's loads of BBC Bite Size that gives them really short little tutorials about how to use different types of punctuation, different types of grammar. Ooh, that's a good it tip. Doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have to be dull or boring at all. Um, as long as children know that when they actually put pen to paper, it's all about showing off all the fantastic things that they can do, that they understand what different sentences look like, that they can use lots of exciting vocabulary, and they can show that they understand different types of punctuation. And what, what about, we, we've had a question in from a parent about reading to your children. Is that yeah. as valuable, do you think? As you know, you know, often our children are very tired after a school day and they may not, Absolutely. there's lots of reluctant readers out there. What would you be your advice to parents in that Absolutely. regard? Any type of story language that children are exposed to is going to be of a benefit. And listening to their parents read is fantastically valuable because it also shows them that their their parents and the people around them are readers. Um, and I think that, you know, in our culture of um, things being so quick and, you know, they're on their phones and they get everything in a sort of short, sharp um bits of information listening to their parents read is ultimately valuable and seeing that you know their parents enjoy reading and enjoy language and enjoy being able to to tell stories is is valuable and another question from a listener is about when you're when you're actually reading a book to your child i think there's two schools of thought here is it a good idea to inject the characters with all those funny voices and, you know, really bring it to life? And some people think, you know, that it's just just get on with the book <laughs> and mm-hmm. don't sort yeah. of let the children interpret themselves what that character might sound like, etc. Have you got any tips on that front? Oh, do you know what? Children love hearing different voices. They love hearing people make silly voices. But also, you don't want to make parents feel conscious about mm-hmm. their reading and you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of parents who don't feel comfortable reading mm-hmm. aloud and if they're reading aloud it's hugely valuable it's really really important but parents should never feel under pressure that they have to deliver something that is phenomenally exciting but if you can do voices and you can change the tone of your voice it is it is more exciting for children it is fantastic but also i would say that you know the use of story tapes and cds are just as valuable. And if you're a parent who's not feeling confident about um, reading aloud or you feel a little bit self-conscious or you feel a little bit silly, sharing a story on a CD or a take with your child is just as valuable and that's just as exciting. And equally, it can be granny, grandpa, lots of any carer reading to children. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Well, listen, Mrs. Yeah. Sims, we're all dying to visit Lockers Park, especially after we heard about the Dark Tower. Oh, I like <laughs> the sound of that. We like the sound of that, don't we? Well, it, we'll invite you next year. <laughs> thank you so much. So, thank you so much, Mrs. Sims, Head of English from Lockers Park School in Hemel Hempstead. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Thank you. Have very a lovely much. evening. Thank take you. Take care. All right. Take Bye. Care. Bye. Bye. That was Mrs. Sims, a head of English at Lockers Park uh, Independent School in Hemel Hempstead. Very inspirational. Great. Do you know what? I just want to get a refill pad and start yeah. writing stories. Yeah, Are I we just love write that stories. Itching to write. Yeah. I have to say, I don't think I was ever itching to write a single thing when I was in secondary school. But we need more inspiration, Cathy. We're not to stop there because we've got another fantastic guest coming on. We certainly do. do. So we're going to take a mini, mini, mini break and come back with our next guest who is the tutoress. I'm going the to leave tutoress? That's tutoress. her official title. That's it. We, we, we'll just leave it there for you to ponder on, <laughs> listeners. We'll be right back. Family life has its ups and downs, and at Neve's Solicitors, we're here to help with all your legal matters. Whatever your circumstances, we know how to handle even the most delicate situations. Our experienced family law specialists offer friendly, sympathetic advice on everything from trust funds to property, from partnership breakdown to wills and probate. To arrange a free consultation, visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution. The radio station for Marshallswick, Batchwood and Jersey Farm. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. back with Victoria. Apparently we're just going to have to give her a ring on her mobile so we will be back in a minute. I'll just tell you a little bit about Victoria. She runs the Tutoress, which is a tutoring service and she specialises in the 11 plus. So Victoria is very, very well known. She's an amazing uh, private tutor and I know that she's running, actually running creative writing classes very, very soon. Her specialty for many parents I know have written into the show interested in the 11 plus and she is a specialist in that. And we thought, wouldn't it be amazing to get uh, Victoria onto the show to give us really specific advice and to give us some um, information on the courses that she runs. So hopefully she'll be there on the phone. Are you there, Victoria? Yes, I am. How are you, Cathy? Very well. Thank you so much. It's so exciting to have you on. I'm excited to be on. Thank you for having me. So we know that you are you literally specialise in courses that young people can go on to do with creative writing. So can you tell us a bit about them? Yeah, absolutely. So my courses are very engaging and very interactive. Um, we try to encourage students to, to have a passion for creative writing um, and we try to incorporate a lot of what they're already interested in in our classes as well. So they're very fun, they're very um, exciting, uh, we have a really wonderful team. And I actually think they're very impossible to get into because I had a snoop around right. your website right. and uh, there's waiting lists all over the place, right Victoria? Yeah, yeah, so we do have... Um, uh, a lot of uh, competition for our courses in the sense of um, there's a, a lot of demand um, and you know we're really really fortunate that we've got a really good reputation um, as a business and, and I think that just stems from the fact that we love we love English we love teaching children and we we love the impact that we make in their lives. And I love the fact, Victoria, you're so you're such a lovely person in real life. You're in real life, in oh. inverted commas. You're very, very calm. And I think children, you know, really enjoy being around you because, I don't know, and they really respect you when I've seen you working with them. Yeah, I mean, my mum is also a teacher. Both my parents are teachers, actually. So I think I kind of get that from them. Um, they're very relaxed and very calm and... Um, that, that type of approach is something that I think really works with children. And we could a learn a lot from it because oh. we, we're like angsty parents shouting at them for their naughty, ha awful handwriting or something like that. That's the, I, had a, I had a nightmare last night that my son lost his pen licence. <laughs> <laughs> that is painful, let's face it. It, it took us so long to get here. Oh. <laughs> but um, I, I would love to know, Victoria, what books you would recommend for children to read obviously every age group is different but are there some key books that you think every kid should have read by the age of 10 say or 12 yeah so i mean the biggest thing i always say to parents is to make sure that your child is reading a mix of modern and classic uh, books um so quite often i see that children are only reading modern books um they're reading you know die of, of a wimpy kid but that's all they read so the biggest thing is reading a mixture of both types of books 
and then also trying to get as much diversity in there as possible. So, you know, trying to encourage your child to read, you know, adventure books and maybe some sci-fi and then classic and modern. And a real mix is the best thing. Um, and then it's not just about reading the books, but also trying to learn from the stories and the messages that are within them as well ah, as the sci-fi. Oh, that's a nice angle. That's very interesting. I hadn't thought of yeah. that. I thought we just kind of slog, get them to read it, and yes, that's as the quickly job. as possible. That's the job done. So you mean, Victoria, like, what is the book trying to tell us? Because I think often children speed read. They want to be next, get the next book, the next book in the series, when actually what you're talking about is just reflecting what the theme might be or the bigger message. Yeah, yeah. So it's looking at the bigger message of the book um, and trying to tap into that because... When we write, you know, whether you write all the time or you write infrequently, when we're writing, we're trying to express something, we're trying to teach someone something about, you know, something that they might not have come across before. So quite often there's a message within the story, and I think when a child understands that wider message and that bigger message, then that has a really positive effect on them as a person and also in terms of how they write. Um, you know, when they're approaching writing themselves. I think what you're reminding me of is that you can have so many thousands of conversations in a book because books teach us about, you know, the way people think, the way people might be and react. So as you're making me, you're reminding me of the sort of, you know, how how children can be sort of emotionally, their emotional intelligence can be developed through reading, not just through creative writing. Yeah, it is. And that's why I think writing is so powerful reading is so powerful because it it can really open up so many doors in terms of helping a child you know academically and also person person uh, personally and socially so it's it's such an important thing to do with your child and it's like you said you know a lot of the time parents want their children to read tons and tons of books but actually sometimes mm. it's worth slowing down and focusing on really tackling each book in a bit more depth i think it was that you that told me books. that having a family book is a nice idea you know just stopping and having one book that might be quite challenging for a child to read on their own, but as a family, you might read it. Absolutely, yeah. So even, you know, during dinner time, you could sit with your with your child or your children and you can read a book together, um, you know, reading a paragraph each or reading a few lines each, and then discussing the book and making that a, a conversation piece um, that you can talk about all the time. And it's more likely that the book will stay in the mind of the child because you're doing that and because you're incorporating that into your everyday environment. Victoria, does that mean putting down the iPads <laughs> at dinner time? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding. That really, really doesn't happen in my house. <laughs> <laughs> the iPad, I mean, it's, uh, Kindle. So you can download the Kindle app and the iPad can still be a part of it, but it's yeah. nice to incorporate uh, literature into uh, dinner time and uh, family settings as well. Victoria's just saved you, Cathy. Um, I want to go to dinner at her house. Yes, it so sounds brilliant. Much more fun than mine. <laughs> but uh, do you know what else I wanted to ask you, Victoria? It was uh, so you. A lot of what you do is preparation for the eleven plus. But does yeah. does everything that you teach in your creative writing courses does it help children going for SATs just as much? Are there different? Are the skills that different from the eleven plus to the year six SATs? No, they're not that different. Um, and quite often, children who've done the 11 plus will go on to do very well in the SATs exams um, because a lot of what they're learning at 11 plus level is very similar to what they need to do for the SATs. So it's, it has that benefit of, you know, if you've studied for one exam, you're kind of prepared for the next one, um, or it's a bit easier to prepare for the SATs because you've done the 11 plus. Um, and also, a lot of what the children learn at 11, 11 plus level um, is then used at key stage three level. So they go to year seven and they kind of know how to do a few things already because we've covered them um, in preparation for the 11 class. And can I just, on, on that subject, and we'd love to get you back and concentrate more on the 11 plus, but, you know, it 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 is a huge amount of preparation for parents, isn't it? In your opinion, is it worth it? Is oh, sorry, it, again, I quite it, with the 11 plus exam it's a huge amount I mean it isn't just the child the parent needs to invest to, to get the children through the 11 plus do, do you think it's worth it? Yeah well I think it depends on obviously the family and, and the child um, so for a child who's already naturally quite able um, and who enjoys learning um, or has a desire to go to a particular school then Usually, it's definitely worth going through the process. It's not an easy process to go through, and it can affect the whole family. I always say that families are involved 
you know, everyone in the family is involved in the process, not just the child. Um, but most of the time, if a child is able um, and they're willing to do the work, they're willing to, you know, learn more and study, um, then it's definitely worth it because the end result is that they end up at, at a really good school. Um, and that is something that you, you know, it's just a wonderful thing for a child to get into the school of their dreams. Funnily enough, in Northern Ireland, I think tomorrow is Transference uh, Results Day, so children get the results of their 11 plus. Now, we all did the 11 plus in Northern Ireland, so it's very familiar to me. And I I just wanted to ask you about the format of the 11 plus. It still has verbal reasoning and then a maths paper, does it? Yeah, so it depends on the school um, and the area as well. Right. Generally speaking... Um, for most schools, they will test um, maths, English, verbal, and nonverbal. Um, but some schools now are only testing maths and verbal, or nonverbal and verbal. So it's important for parents to check with each school to see which exams their child will need to sit. Um, sometimes the parent doesn't check, and they teach the child all four subjects, wow. and then they find out that they're only going to sit two exams. Gosh. Um, so it's you know, the more you can wow. find out from the yeah. better. And Victoria, if parents are listening, I know some parents are listening who are interested in, you know, the 11 plus for, for next year or, or, you know, is it a good idea? Can you advise them if they have an, an idea of a school they're interested in? Do you know the schools well enough to do that research for them and what the requirements would be? Yeah, so normally, I mean, parents do approach me and they do ask me for recommendations of schools. Um, and normally what I take into consideration um, is things like the child's personality, you know, where would they be happiest? Um, if they love football and the school that they're thinking of uh, doesn't focus on sports at all, then that might not be the best school for that particular child. So I normally like to speak to parents and find out um, which you know, specific things their child is passionate about and what they're looking for in a school, and then from there I'm able to recommend um, some schools for them that might be suitable. And also factor in things like location, um, because if a school is really far, then it would be too difficult to go to that particular school. And Victoria, have you written, I think you've written books that parents can buy, is that correct? Yes, I have. Um, so I've written, I think, about 14 books now. You've written um, 14 books? Yeah, 14. <laughs> Victoria, you're putting um, us all to shame now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they mostly focus on comprehension and creative writing. So if you go onto Amazon, you'll see um, some of my books. Clever Comprehension, which is a, a three-part series, um, and then there's also superb writing and wonderful writing as well. So they're all designed for students who are around the ages of about an, uh, nine and eleven, um, who are preparing for the eleven plus, but also for the SAT exams as well. Right, you heard it here first. Absolutely. Are they all sold out as well as your courses? <laughs> um, I think the next one we have that has space is probably um, the summer course. So, yeah, <laughs> they do set up really quickly. And, Victoria, are they day courses or residential? Um, they're, they're day courses. Um, I am thinking about doing residential courses, so that's something that might happen in the nearby future. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I have thought long and hard about doing that, and so, it's something I might consider. Victoria, thank you so much. We're going to run out of time. Can you very, very quickly, what is your website for our listeners? It is www.thetutoress.com. So that's T-H-E-T-U-T-O-R-E-S-S dot com. Dot com. Well, listen, Victoria, thank you so much for joining us, The Tutoress. What a fantastic website and resource. And your advice thank has been you. invaluable. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much to all our guests this evening, all those fabulous children. Absolutely. And every link that we've mentioned, all of Victoria's uh, resources are, of course, available on the Parent Show Facebook page. So, Go and have a look there. We have all the websites and all the books and resources that we've been talking about. So, fantastic. We're back again in two weeks on the 7th of February talking to Neve solicitors and getting their invaluable advice. Have a lovely evening. Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution.